Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. Let's go to 2 Timothy chapter 9, tonight, chapter 2. And verse 19, God bless everybody that's here tonight. God bless everybody watching online. We appreciate you joining us. Uh, All of our newcomers online and in the building, we are grateful for your attendance tonight. And we believe that the Lord will help you. Hallelujah. We believe the Lord's going to help us all. I want to talk for the next few minutes tonight on this subject of the unified voice. The unified voice. We've been ministering on prayer On Sunday mornings, we've been ministering on uh, drawing near on Wednesday nights. Really, it's it's turned into a renewing of the mind series, and that's fine. Uh, I think we'll be at number 16 this coming up Wednesday, unless the Lord changes my mind. Uh, Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God is good to us. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. And, uh, but we want to look tonight at another crucial element. When a ministry is in the phase that this ministry is in, and, and uh, uh, obviously if, if uh, you know, just the, if I say it this way, the nominal member, maybe not being in, in leadership, but uh, I've been dealing with uh, uh, the different departments. And when I say dealing, not that anything's wrong. It's just there's things that the Lord has been talking to us about to go through and look at and talk about and, and shore up and, and bring to another level. And uh, we've reached this place where we are walking in these things that we prayed out 25 years ago. All right, and we're, we're walking in it right now. But we've, if I can say it this way, we've reached the end of that. And we're in the process of praying some other things out. And so the world calls it a season of change. But a season of change in the kingdom is a time of growth. Amen. Hallelujah. Look at your neighbor and say, we're growing. Amen. Do do, do you see this? And so what is crucial for growth in any fellowship is unity. The Bible says, and we won't take the time to go there, but in the book of Psalms, it says that uh, how, how precious, it says, the Lord thinks it's precious when brethren dwell together in unity. And it says it's like the oil that flowed down the beard, even Aaron's beard, and went to the bottom of his garment. And so the Bible lets us know that in that place of unity is where God has set his blessing. That's where the anointing flows the strongest, is in a place of unity. And so any church, any group of people, any group of believers that's gathered together has to have a unified voice. And, and you'll see clearer what we're talking about as we move into this. But in 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 19, Paul makes a statement concerning the church. And I love the way that Paul talked about the church. He called the church the pillar and the ground of the truth. He called the church uh, uh, the fellowship of the beloved. He talked in beautiful terms about the church. Here in verse 19, he calls the church, notice, nevertheless, 
The foundation of God standeth sure. Having this seal, the Lord knows them that are His, and let everyone that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. A foundation is just simply means this, something that is put down. Something that is put down. So a foundation is laid down for what purpose? To build on top of it. To build on it. When, 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 when you see a building being built, nobody builds a, a third story on a vacant lot. You got to lay down a foundation and start building. And if you've ever seen like a skyscraper built or a, a large office building built, you can go and determine from the depth of the hole how big the building's going to be. If, if you're just putting up a little shed in your backyard, you don't need a very big foundation. You don't even need to dig very much. You probably just need to clear a little ground and lay down a slab. Wouldn't that be right? And you put in, bring that building in and set it down. Amen. But I don't want you to build my house that way. Amen. Why? Because there's a bigger purpose for the house. My lawnmower doesn't care where you put it. I do. Right? The foundation is what you build upon. The strength of any fellowship, of any church, is the foundation it was built upon and its ability to stay in touch with the foundation. The foundation that it was built on and that body's ability to stay in touch with the foundation. The foundation of faith builders, of our fellowship, of our churches, of course, Hebrews 11.3. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God and the things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. So the foundation that the Lord gave us was to build people's faith and frame their worlds by the word of God. Amen. Raising up a distribution center of the word of faith, producing life, city, state, nation, world. Amen. So that is the vision, but that is the foundation. Amen. Do you see this? Now, Acts 13. Remember that God is seeking for a someone. God's seeking for a someone. That's a good place for you to say, well, I'm a someone. Amen. And, and, and realize and understand, it doesn't have to be a special someone or an educated someone or a rich someone. It just has to be someone. God's looking for someone. Hallelujah. God's looking for someone. God's looking for someone that will consecrate to the will of God. Consecrate to the plan of God. God's looking for somebody that will say, whatever you want me to do, I'll do it. Here I am. Send me. Hallelujah. Say it again. God's looking for someone. Amen. Acts chapter 13, verse 1. Now there were in the church that was at Antioch certain prophets and teachers. As Barnabas and Simeon that was called Niger and Lucius of Cyrene and Manion which had brought, been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch and Saul. Now this is so interesting and the reason why it's so important is we see so many things here. Alright, first of all we see Barnabas. We don't know a lot about Barnabas' past other than he was an encourager. He was a connector. He was, he was when, when I think of Jim Molson I think of Barnabas. Because he was a connector. He was a bridge. 
All right? Uh, 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 he could go into situations. When Paul got hot under the collar about John Mark, it was Barnabas who said, okay, okay, let's just, let's separate. Right? And, I, and I'll, take, uh, I'll take Mark and I'll go here and you take Silas and go here. Well, what did Barnabas do? He kept building the bridge and kept discipling John Mark until at the end of Paul's life, he said, be sure and bring Mark with you because he's profitable to me for the ministry. Hallelujah. So it says that there was Barnabas, right? The, the son of consolation. And Simeon that was called Niger. Now why is this important? He was a black man. You study that word out and it tells you that this man was black. So we got son of consolation. And Simon, who was called Niger, that happened to be black. And Lucius of Cyrene, and notice here's old Manion, that was brought up with Herod the Tetrarch and Saul. So right here at the end, we have two real educated guys. So we got a, a connector, we've got a, 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 a black man, and we've got educated people. And notice they're all in the same church, they're all in the same meeting, they're all hearing from the Holy Ghost. Why? Because they all have one common goal. See, it doesn't matter if you're educated, uneducated. It doesn't mean it matter if you're black, white, Hispanic, Asian. It doesn't matter if you're male or female, young or old, big or little, fat or skinny, ugly or pretty. That's up to you. I don't know. But the point is, it doesn't matter one way or the other. God's looking for somebody. Amen. Hallelujah. That's a good place to tell your neighbor, I am somebody. I am a someone. Hallelujah. Yeah, but pastor, I've made mistakes. Well, join the I've made the mistakes club. Join the I've missed it club. God is not looking for perfect people. He's looking for committed people. God's not looking for someone that never makes mistakes or never has made a mistake. God is looking for people that have determined in their heart and in their mind, my all is on the altar laid and I'm committed to what you've asked me to do. Amen. Woo. Do you see this? And notice it says, as they ministered to the Lord, all of them, the educated, the black guys, the educated guys, the connector, they're all ministering to the Lord and fasted. Notice the Holy Ghost said, separate me Barnabas and Saul for the work that I've called them to. Do you see that? This fellowship, these people, you, have been separated for this time. For right now. It's not an accident. Listen, it's not an accident that God began to deal with your heart recently the way He's dealt with your heart. It's not an accident that your vision for your life and what God wants you to do has become so clear to you. It's not an accident. You've been separated for now. Hallelujah. There, there is a work for this fellowship. There's a work for those involved in this fellowship to accomplish. And it's not the work of a man or a woman. It's the work of the Holy Ghost. 
Faith Builders Fellowship is a work of the Holy Ghost. It's a work of the Spirit of God. God is separating men and women tonight for the ministry the Holy Ghost has called them to. We're not in charge of when we're called or even to what we're called. It's a sovereign work of the Holy Ghost. Somebody will plant a church. Somebody will go to the mission field. Somebody will fill a place in the church. It might as well be you. Glory to God. Because He's setting you apart. For what he wants to do. For any vision to be successful. It requires a unified voice. Notice 2 Timothy chapter 2. Oh hallelujah. You know it. Uh, it used. I don't want to say it, it bothered me. But it used to. You know, I, 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 I watch certain people minister, and I appreciate everybody's ministry, and, and, I, and I watch certain people, and you know, they, they could preach in a, in a five-gallon wash tub, you know, sitting up here, and never move, and I just get excited, and I don't think you'd want me any other way, but <laughs> hallelujah. Second Timothy chapter 2, verse 1, thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things you've heard of me, among many witnesses, the same commit to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. So we see four generations. Paul, Timothy, faithful men, and others. And notice what they're all speaking. The same thing. Unified voice. The things that you've heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit to faithful men that will be able to teach others also. The unified voice is where the power in any fellowship comes from. The unified voice is where the power in any fellowship comes from. Everyone seeing and everyone saying the same thing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Do you see that? As at some point, you sound like the original. Hallelujah. That's, that's so important. I, ha- I had somebody one time to say this about uh, Rama, uh, now Bible Training College, used to be Bible Training Center. And they said, well, everybody that goes to, to Rama comes out a little Hagen. They come out sounding like Kenneth Hagen. Well, that's not a bad thing. That's not a bad thing. Right? That, that's the foundation. That's where they came from. Do you see this? And they're speaking the same thing. I, I remember years ago, uh, my wife and I, we used to take a, a, a team every year, and we would uh, go to a, a church in the southern part of the United States, and uh, we, were, we were in great fellowship with them, and, and we would go there, and they were doing great things for God. And the thing that we began to see, and the thing that, that I always told people to watch for, and they always watched for and heard, was they were all speaking the same thing. A real focus of that church, which is a focus of every church, but a real focus of that church, the leader of that ministry is always saying, we got to put sneakers to the gospel. Sneakers to the gospel, right? It it was all about souls. Amen. And everybody was saying the same thing. When you go to, for instance... Church on the Move in Tulsa, Oklahoma. We used to take a team there every year. And when you go there, everybody's speaking the same thing. And the primary focus is children. 
The primary focus is youth. The next generation. The generation that's coming up. And they've got old heads in that church too. But the primary focus is the ministry to the generation that's coming. Everybody is focused on that. That's the biggest part of their ministry. That's the largest part of what they do. Amen. Why is that important? Everybody's saying the same thing. When, some, when somebody says, what's your purpose? What's your reason? What's your, what's your purpose for existence? To build people's faith and frame their world by the Word of God. In the nursery, in the children's ministry, in the youth ministry, we are raising up a spiritual production center and we're going to produce life, city, state, nation, and world. We're going to impact generations to come. And it's this unified voice. Anybody can go in your department that's, that's, that's called to minister in this church. Anybody should be able to go into your department and minister to whoever you have there because we're not ministering our own thing we're ministering the vision we're ministering what builds faith and frames world by the word of God so the AV guy can go minister and the usher can go minister not because they're called to minister but because they know the vision oh glory first Corinthians 14 am I helping you hallelujah Amen. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 8. If the trumpet give an uncertain sound, who shall prepare himself to the battle? Now in the context, this is obviously talking about speaking of tongues, speaking in tongues and interpretation of tongues. But the principle is true concerning vision as well. If the pastor is speaking the vision... He's blowing the trumpet. The vision the pastor is speaking is the call the church rallies around. Hallelujah. That is what gives us our substance and our power is the vision God's given us. Hallelujah. If if what you're hearing is just a little off, it's not the vision. You hear what I'm saying? It's, it's, it's division. And it will divide you from the purpose God has for you in this fellowship. So important. You've got to guard against the double vision. Because, because, because that's where the substance and the power comes from. When, when you have a church that has had a vision. I've watched this over the years. When you have a church that has had a vision and they've went down that vision for a number of years and maybe there'll be a transition, a new pastor, a new whatever, and they come in and they change the vision, then everything that church was has to change because the vision is what makes that church what it is. Amen. So if, if somebody comes into a church and they change the vision, now I'm not, I'm not poking anybody, I'm just saying if they change the vision, then that whole church has to change. And the way it impacts you changes. Because what impacted your life when you came here? The vision of building faith and framing worlds by the Word of God. Why? How do we do that? By the Word of God. Amen. So if you, if you have a switch in vision, you lose the substance and the power of whatever that was. Oh, glory to God. Mm. If the voice you're hearing 
or that you're listening to does not sound like your pastor, you shouldn't listen. That's important. Amen. You, you know, and, and, and I say this. This is not control. I want you to understand this because I'm going to make a statement. There are people that we bring into the church. I was, I was talking with a couple today. And they were talking about a, a certain thing, renewing the mind. And, 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 and they talked about, I, I, I want to go get a hold of Pastor Nancy's teaching. Praise God, go. That's why we bring them in. That's why their product is in our media center. Because they're safe. They don't say anything that's contrary to the vision. I had a guy one time, a, a leader, and he, and he brought a book that he was reading. And it was by some unbelieving guy about prayer. And he said, have you ever read this book? And I said, I would never read anything he writes. And he said, well, why not? I said, he don't believe nothing. Another man told me that he listened to somebody every day. And I'd heard that man preach vehemently against speaking in tongues. Now, speaking in tongues was not for us today. And I'm asking myself, why would a Pentecostal believer listen to somebody that says I'm not, I, speaking in tongues is not for us? Now, people say, but we want to build a bridge. You can build a bridge, but listen, there's a difference between eat, building a bridge and eating out of a trash can. I can be friends with you and not eat your cooking. <laughs> right? Amen. There's some people, you love them, but you walk in their house and you know, I'm not eating here. I'm No, not happening. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now my point is, why is that? The people that come to the church that you're a part of, the people that are brought in, they're safe. Your pastor wouldn't have them preach to you if they weren't safe to feed off of. Amen. Well, I got a right to listen to You sure do. You can listen to whoever you want. It's none of my business. Your life is your life. I got enough to do to watch myself. Try to take care of you too. Not your nanny. This is not a democracy. This is a republic. Amen. You, you understand what I'm saying? Hallelujah. This is important. Because why? It'll rob you of your zeal. It'll rob you of your power. It'll rob you of your vision. If what you're hearing, like we said, is just a little off. Many will never see what they could have seen because they listened to the sound that was not the vision. See, and without a vision, there is no anchor. Say anchor. Hallelujah. Look at uh, Acts 4. Oh, hallelujah. That's right. You just shout, baby. Acts chapter 4 and verse 24. And when they heard that, they lifted up their voice to God with one accord. 
and begin to pray. One, one translation says, with one passion, lifted voice to God. Notice, it's this unity that gives voice to vision. A single voice, mine, a single voice is limited in its scope. But many voices united can go where one voice can't. Amen. What happens when you start building faith and framing worlds in your neighborhood? What happens when you start building faith and framing worlds on your job? What happens when you start building faith and framing worlds in your family? The unified voice is going places that my voice will never be perhaps, but yet it's reaching people and it's touching them. Hallelujah. Do you see this? Acts 1 and 14. They're in the upper room. They're waiting on the Holy Spirit. And it says, these all continued with one accord. Or one mind, one passion, or unanimously. So notice again, there's this unity. This unity in purpose and mindset. For what I'm supposed to do. Hallelujah. Because it's the unified voice. This is not just you being behind it. This is not you just saying, I'm behind you, pastor. This is your voice saying the same thing. Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians 1. 1 Corinthians 1. First Corinthians 1 and 10. Now I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing, and that there be no divisions among you. No divisions where? In what you're speaking. That you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. So you're talking the same and thinking the same. Amen. Speak the same thing. There's a uniform vision. The vision is from God and it's acted on by men and women. The vision, build faith, frame worlds. This includes building strong departments. Building a strong fellowship to stand the test of time. When will we start? Now. Amen. Everybody say now. We'll not wait until all the signs say it's time. Or until there's a convenient time to go. We won't wait until it looks as if all the finances are there to fulfill the vision. More often than not, we go and God provides as we go. But we go. Why, that's the vision. Hallelujah. Where there is no common vision, there will be division. The power of the unified vision... Knows no limits. It cannot be stopped. Why? It's a prophetic utterance. It can't be stopped. The power of the unified vision can't be stopped. When you've got every department flowing in that vision, every minister flowing in that vision, every person flowing in that vision, can't be stopped. It's a prophetic utterance. 
We're building faith and framing worlds by the Word of God. Can you say amen? amen. Glory to God. Notice, we read Acts 1 and 14. But it, it talks about here in Acts 1 and 14. Let's look at it again. Because I want you to see this. Oh, glory to God. These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women, Mary the mother of Jesus, and with his brethren. So they're praying. I've made this statement over the years. We should take and pick up our prayer cues from our pastor. What is God talking to our pastor about? What is being said in our body? Where is God taking? That's my prayer cue. That's my cue card. Pray this way. Amen. Acts chapter 2 and verse 1. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, notice this. They were all with one accord and in one place. All in one accord and in one place. The Holy Spirit was poured out in an atmosphere of unity. And manifest and marked the activity of the Holy Spirit. He was poured out in an atmosphere of unity and marked the activity. Unity marked the activity of the Holy Spirit. Notice Acts chapter 2 and verse 46. And they, the believers, continuing daily with one accord in the temple, went from house to house, ate their meat with gladness and singleness of heart. So notice they were in one accord daily. Every time they got together, they were of one mind and one accord. They were of one purpose and one passion and one mind. Hallelujah. Do you see this? Acts chapter 4 and verse 24. And when they heard that, they lifted up their voice to God with one accord. And they begin to pray. Well, what's happening? Adversity. They stood against adversity. How? With unity. They stood against adversity with unity. Vision. One unified voice. Hallelujah. Acts 5 and 12. And by the hands of the apostles were many signs and wonders wrought among the people. And they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. All with one accord. In Solomon's porch. Signs and wonders flowed in the atmosphere of unity. We're talking primarily in the context of a church. But folks, unity is so vital everywhere you're at. Unity is vital in your home. Unity is vital in your family. Unity is vital on your job. Amen. The reason why a lot of people have a problem on their job and a problem in different areas is they get out of unity with the, with the leadership so easily. They're always bucking what's being said. They're always questioning everything. Listen, if you can't get on board with what's going on at that job, get another one. Because it's, it's, it, until you get into unity, God can't do for you what He wants to do. Hallelujah. Signs and wonders flowed in the atmosphere of unity. Notice what it says. One more time. Notice what it says. It says, And by the hands of the apostles were many signs and wonders wrought among the people, and they were all with one accord. They were all on the same page. They were all in harmony. They were all thinking the same way. Glory to God. Acts 8 and 6. 
And the people with one accord gave heed to the things that Philip spake, hearing and seeing the miracles that he did. The voice translation says, the crowds were united in their desire to understand Philip's message. So the whole, even these crowds, these crowds of unbelievers, they're there and they're seeing this, they're seeing the signs and wonders, and they all got in one accord to hear what he's saying. Because we're seeing the miracles, this guy's got something to say. But notice, it's that unity. Glory to God. Acts 2 and 42. Mm -mm -mm. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. So notice, unity in doctrine. And notice what it says. They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. Mm. Your church, your local church, should be your main source of teaching. Why? Jesus gave you a pastor. Not the only person you should listen to. The main person you should listen to. Amen. I saw, I, I, I saw that the other day. A guy was dealing with something in the Little Rock location. And uh, uh, I, uh, I came to church, let me say, uh, a Saturday morning, men's meeting. We had men's meeting Saturday morning. And, and I was there and, and teaching. And one of the gentlemen was telling me, he said there was something that he was dealing with, trying to change his mind about it. And him and his wife, every night, they go to sleep listening to what we're, what we're teaching on the church, and we've been teaching on renewing the mind. And he said, I woke up, and you were talking about a certain thing, and he said, I woke up, and you were saying exactly what I needed to hear. And he said, all I did was get up the next morning and put it into operation, and it changed everything. That was what he needed to hear. You're not always going to need, you're not always going to hear what you need to hear flipping on Christian TV because they're not, all, they're not praying for you. They're not seeking God for you. They're praying about the people that watch their broadcast. Amen. But we take you to God in prayer and pray for you because we're your shepherds. Amen. Do, 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 do you see this? What the Spirit is saying in this fellowship, in this local church, is what we need to hear. Brother Hagen, he said I, he could not have the flow of the Spirit in the larger auditoriums because there were many different belief systems. And he said it stopped the unity. Amen. I've had people ask me, well, uh, uh, one man that comes to the church, and I'm the only pastor he's ever had. It's the only church he's ever attended. And so the way we do things is how he believes it should be done. And he was working in a Baptist church one time. Everybody say, thank God for the Baptist. He was working in a Baptist church, and he was talking to one of the, 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 the uh, uh, office people there, office staff. And he asked him, he was asking him about their church. He said, well, uh, do y'all lay hands on people? And they said, oh, no. He said, uh, does people fall out under the power of God? No. And he was talking to me about that, and he said, well, why? I said, well, if you believe the gifts of the Spirit and the things of the Holy Spirit are passed away, how can you ever believe for manifestations? You, you can't. 
Now, there's nothing, uh, listen, I have nothing against the Baptists. I have Baptist friends, good Baptist friends. Me and Richard Copeland in, in the city here, Pastor Baptist, we're good friends. But here's my point. You're not going to see manifestations of the Spirit in a body of believers that do not have that belief system. Amen. And, and when you get a group of people together and everybody believes something different, there's going to be trouble with the flow of the Spirit. Amen. Why? It stops unity. Everybody say it stops unity. Glory to God. So then what I'm doing, what God's asked me to do, is for the purpose of promoting, producing, causing to move forward what God's asked this ministry to do. Amen. There was a large meeting with many people worshiping. And the minister said, he said, Lord, this is great to see everyone in one accord. And the Lord showed him in the Spirit only a few random shafts of light were going forward, going heavenward. And the Lord said, everybody's not in one accord. This is important. Because if the unified voice is to retain and contain the power that it has to contain, everybody in that body are, are on the same page. You know Amos chapter 3. And verse 3, very familiar verse, but it's so important. He says, can two walk together except they be agreed? The answer is no. They have to agree. Not agree to disagree, agree. There, there are personal things that we may agree to disagree about. But you can't agree to disagree about vision. It has to be the same. Hallelujah. There, there, there may be things you do that you wear, that you have, that somebody else doesn't like. Well, that's okay. You don't have to like what I wear or how I dress or what I do in, in the personal side. But you have to be unified where the vision's concerned. Amen. I had a lady come to me one time and she said, and she was working in the church and she made the statement. She said, well, I have come to understand, you know, that I'm not word of faith. I said, then you won't fit here. Yeah, but pastor, we love everybody. Yeah, we do. We love everybody. But if the vision of our church is to build faith, we're a word of faith congregation. And if that's not how you're bent, you're going to have a hard time. She said, so I think I'll go over to this church. I said, come here, I'll bless you. Well, how come you could just let them go? Because they, they weren't in the vision. It will hurt them as well as us. Everybody's not going to come to my church. But everybody that does, they'll get involved in the vision and get the unified voice and God will change their life. Because that's how it works. Hallelujah. Do you see this? Whew. Mercy. There's so much to say in so little time. So many sermons and so few hours. Psalm 133. I am watching my time somewhat. Mm -mm -mm. Psalm 133. We quoted this earlier. 
Verse 1, Behold how good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. We could say believers. And notice, to dwell together in unity. In unity. In unity. It's like the pressure ointment upon the, the head that ran down the beard. Even Aaron's beard that went to the skirts of his garment. As the dew of Hermon, as the dew that descended upon the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord commanded the blessing, even life evermore. Unity creates an atmosphere for the anointing. Unity takes you into a deeper flow of the anointing. Hallelujah. When you're operating in unity, the anointing begins to flow at a higher level. If you want the highest flow of the anointing, you have to be where God planted you and with the one God planted you with. Amen. Now, now why? The anointing on your life goes to another level when you're flowing in unity. Hallelujah. The reason for this is that the anointing on the leader, the pastor, gets over on you. It's important. Every person that operates in an office, in, the, in, in, in a department, a department head, every person that operates as a department head, you're functioning in that anointing that's on the head of the church here. Because every department is an offshoot of that pastoral anointing. Amen. So, so, so the youth pastor is pastoring that group, but they're pastoring from the anointing of the lead pastor. They have their own anointing, yes, but the, the genesis of their anointing, they stepped into it. They didn't have to work it up. When you start operating in the local church, you start operating in the anointing that's on that church, that's on that body, that's on that man or woman of God. And you don't have to go get your own. You got it already. Hallelujah. Do you, do you see this? The Bible says, and it talks about Aaron here. You got a minute? It talks about Aaron here. And it says that the, the, the anointing, the flow... In unity is like the ointment that ran down Aaron's beard, even down his garment. Well, here's the thing, and you can answer this. Where was the anointing administered to Aaron? On his head. And it flowed down, but notice what it says. It says, it went down to the skirts of his garments. The Bible says when God told Moses what to do about the priest's office and the garments of the priest, it said that you make Aaron a garment. It was the garment of the high priest. And the scripture tells us that that anointing flowed down his beard, down his head, down his beard, and soaked into his garment. And it said that you make his son's coats. It's important. Now, the anointing that set Aaron into his office was in that garment. Do you remember when Miriam and Aaron complained about Moses' wife? Right? They didn't like her for whatever reason. She's probably from Oklahoma. 
No, it says she was an Ethiopian, not an e- Oklahoman. But, but the point is this. The point is this. God came down. And he said, three of y'all to the temple. I want to talk to you. Right? And he said, he said, you know, I might talk to you in dark sayings. But it's not that way with Moses. I talk to him face to face. Right? And it says the cloud lifted and Miriam was a leper, white as snow. Did Aaron talk? The answer is yes. Right? Why didn't Aaron get struck with leprosy? He was wearing a garment full of the anointing. And what did Aaron do? Lord, talking to Moses, pardon our sin. Pray for us. Well, Moses did and God healed Miriam. But here's the point. Notice this. Because of that sin, God God told Aaron, you're not going to see the promised land. And you, you study this on your own. Now watch. It says that he went up on the mountain later and they took off his garment and he died. But watch. Then they took his son to be high priest and they took the coat off of him and put his father's garment on him. Now he's not starting on just his own anointing. He's got an anointing in the garment of his father and he doesn't have to start at the genesis of anointing. He's already got to start. And then they anointed him high priest and now he's got the anointing of his father and his own anointing. And now when he dies, they put his garment on his son and he's got grandpa's anointing and daddy's anointing and his anointing. And now it's a generational anointing. So everybody that ministers, everybody that works in the department, everybody that preaches in this this ministry, you've already stepped into the anointing of your pastor, of your spiritual father, your spiritual mother. You've already got more power and unction and ability than you ever thought you could ever have because whatever's on the head is on the body and you get theirs and yours. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And the reason why so many people struggle, the reason why ministers struggle, is they're trying to do this at the genesis of an anointing. They're called, but they, 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 they don't have a starting place. Are you following me? They don't have anywhere to start. They don't have a garment of a father. And because of that, they struggle. The anointing that you receive from your spiritual father, your spiritual mother, will aid you to win victories that you don't know how to win, but you'll win them because your father's already faced it and there's the anointing there to overcome it. Hallelujah. When, when the, the, the book of 2 Kings chapter 2, when it talks about, it talks about Elijah and Elisha, and, and Elijah knew that he was going to go to heaven. Remember? And he told Elisha, he said, you stay here. I, I'm going to Bethel. 
He said, no, as, as the Lord lives and your soul lives, I won't do that. Right? So they two went on. They got to Bethel. He said, stay here. I'm going to Jericho. He said, no, 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 no. I won't stay. Now I'm paraphrasing. And they two went on. And he said, okay, stay here. I'm going to Jordan. He said, no, 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 no. I'm not going to do that. I'll go with you. And he went. And they got to the Jordan. And you remember what happened? They got to the Jordan. And it says Elijah took his mantle and smote the waters and they split. And it says they went over on dry, they went over on dry ground. They went over on dry ground. The anointing of your father will cause you to walk through a riverbed and not even get your feet muddy. You won't get bogged down. You won't get stuck. See, this is the power of the unified voice. And what a lot of people do is they, they separate from that unified voice. They separate from where God placed them. And when you separate from where God placed you, you separate from your inheritance. And when you separate from your inheritance, you separate from the power of your inheritance. Hallelujah. The inheritance was proof I'm a son. Amen. I, there, there are sons in this house. People, men and, and women, but men that call me their spiritual father. You have an inheritance. I, I tell people all the time, listen, if you're a son of this house, a daughter of this house, there's a level of favor that flows on your life. It's unstoppable. Because it's on the head, and what's on the head gets on the body. You are blessed. You cannot go under. You cannot be defeated. You can't fail. Why? Because I can't fail. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And he said, what do you want? Tell me what you want before I go. He said, I want a double portion of your spirit. Now think about this for a moment. He had already been named the successor. Elijah had already come and put his mantle on him. He was the successor to that ministry. But he said, here's what I want. I want double. This is important. The double portion was reserved for the firstborn. The firstborn son. Now there were 50 sons of the prophets that followed afar off. Were they sons of the prophets? They were. But where are they at? Afar off. What were they saying? The Lord's going to take your master from your head today. What did Elisha say? I know it. Be quiet. It's important. Amen? Because you got people that will sit and watch and sit and look, but not get involved and not get, get in there and get anything and they're always telling you. They're always talking to you. But you're after something. And what did he say to him? He said, if you see me when I go. Right? The Hebrew, the Hebrew uh, emphasis there is if you see things the way I see them. You can have a double portion. You got to see things. How do you see things the way your father's seeing things? Because you have the same unified vision. 
So when I look at a department, I don't look at doing things my way. I look and I say, how does the vision say we need to do this? And then we go do it that way. Do do, do you see how this takes the struggle out of the way? And the chariot of of, of the Lord came. And of course, he was taken up in the whirlwind. And it says that Elisha picked up the mantle of Elijah. And he went over to the Jordan. And what did he say? Where is the Lord God of Elijah? And he smote the waters. And what did the waters do? Split wide open. And he went over on dry ground. Hallelujah. And people will hear that and they'll say, he was just, he was the successor of that anointing. How did he get it? Mantles don't fall on people. They're picked up. They're grabbed. You walk in it. You choose to do it. People will say very often, a man or a woman of God will die. And they'll say, well, I wonder who's, who's, who his mantle's going to fall on. Nobody. They got to pick it up. I said they got to pick it up. Has to be picked up. Doesn't just fall. And who's it fall to? The unified voice. I say the unified voice. It flows from the head to the beard. The beard represents the leadership. They're not the head, but they're close to the head. Then it flows to the garment. The garment's the body. It covers every part of the body. The priest's garment was cut to his dimensions and the oil covered every part of the garment. What this means is there must be unity in all three of these categories. You can't just afford to be in unity with your pastor. We need unity in every department. It's vital who the beard is, the leaders, because they're closest to the head. Unity is not just a lack of division. Unity is a singleness of heart, a singleness of flow. The anointing on the head flows to the body. The unity ensures the flow and the Lord commands the blessing on the unity hallelujah glory be to God I believe God unity we're going to be at the forefront of the move of God in this area And every area where there's a faith builder's church. Hallelujah. Every area. We're perfectly positioned to help lead the charge. Perfectly positioned. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.